What's going on, everybody? Welcome to the Backpacking Podcast. You can see already that the chat room is starting to fill up with some conversations going on. And I am here, as always, I have John Kelly with my dear friend, the king of Kentucky backpacking, Jeremiah Stringer. How are you, my friend? Hey, dude. I'm doing great. I'm energized and ready to go. Worked all day. Come home, took an awesome nap. And got up just in time to eat some dinner and hop on here to spend some time with you. Uh, man, I'm excited about this. I, we cooked out tonight. Oh. It was 65 degrees, man. Yes, it was a beautiful day. Should have rode the motorcycle to work. 65 degrees, man. I still can't get over it. Like, it snowed Friday night. Yeah, we got like four or five inches. It was it was 62 degrees Friday morning or Friday afternoon, and it snowed Sunday or Friday night. What? It, Kentucky, man. The Kentucky. southern weather, man, is confusing, but that's okay. It's it's so insane. Oh, look at this, man. People are already on you, dude. Sure could use some JS merch. Love my JK merch. <laughs> that's right, Friday the Hiker. That's right. I, and then I, we got, we got you're being called the Elvis of Kentucky backpacking. <laughs> 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 oh, that's fantastic. Oh, man, this is great. Ah, Kill Quest is on here tonight. Finally get a chance to be here. We're glad you guys are on. All right. Um, Shout out to them. Yeah, great folks. So, okay, so Jeremiah, uh-huh. we are. This is a sponsored episode we got going on tonight with a killer, killer sponsor. Uh, our sponsor tonight is Gossamer Gear. Take less, do more. And I have to tell you, man, I have become kind of a fanboy for Gossamer Gear. Oh, tell me about it. Okay, so of course we've entered into a, a relationship with them. We're now doing. Uh, sponsored videos they're sponsoring some of our videos and everything and if if my voice sounds like it's going out it's because it is so <laughs> i may just let you and you and papa bear talk later i may just shut up and just let you guys go which that's not true i'll absolutely be talking but uh so i i ordered the two from gossamer gear right yeah, that's one of their tents yes it's their two-person tent it's a trekking pole tent it's huge on the inside absolutely enormous on the inside uh took it out on the trail last weekend and no joke, man, there was a hole in the bottom of the floor, like a little slit in the floor, about a, about an inch wide. And uh, I was a touch disappointed, but I sent them a message and just said, hey, this is what's going on. I've got this tear in the bottom of my tent. Um, is there a way I could return this and get another one? And I get an email back that same day saying, absolutely, just give us an address and all this stuff, and we'll get it taken care of. And check this out, man. Oh, what's John got? This arrived today. Still in the package. Still in the package. I haven't even opened it yet, but get this, man. This is the best part. I would have had it sooner, but I'm an idiot and didn't respond fast enough to their emails. Um, I probably would have had this two or three days ago. They were so fast at getting this back to me. Uh, I'm a huge fan of Gossamer Gears now, and I know you've been using their backpack, the Mariposa, now. So you want to talk a little bit about that? Sure. I'll quickly talk about that. Um I have ordered a number of things from Gossamer Gear, and one of my favorite pieces of gear is the 60-liter backpack, the Mariposa 60. And I'll tell you a few of the features. Uh, One, it's internal frame, so you know it's going to support all the weight that you're going to take. Personally, I took it uh, very recently on a very cold trip, and as you know, when it's cold, you got to take a lot of extra gear, and that thing eats. It just kept asking for more gear. It's got uh, seven pockets, so you can organize everything. It's got a bunch of features that I've never seen on any other backpack that I absolutely love. And uh, weighing in at just under two pounds, uh, you can live a little bit more ultralight. You can bring a few more things that you wouldn't ordinarily. um, So 
This is a 60-liter pack that weighs under two pounds. You didn't tell me about this. Under two pounds, baby. So, you know, for me, wow. that means an extra two pounds of chocolate. That's right. That's right, man. That's right. It means you're bringing all the goodies with you. Well, you can afford to whenever you uh, have such a spacious pack and it doesn't weigh very much. Yeah, so definitely we're both big fans of Gossamer Gear, and we want to thank you guys for sponsoring this episode. Uh, we're looking forward to the relationship we have with them, and they will be sponsoring more videos in the future. Now, Jeremiah, as always, we have a fantastic guest, but before we bring our guest on tonight, let's go ahead and start the fake news ticker, so that can be going today. <laughs> there are some special <clears throat> items of news today, so I would I would suggest that everyone take a moment to read these, because... There's some really impressive stuff that's happening in our backpacking world right now that's fake. So um, with that said, also real quick, um, where was it? Let me see if I can find. Oh, John's got a comment. Somebody had a really cool comment. I want to make sure we get here. It is right here. So somebody asked, um, are you guys going to have Jupiter hikes on anytime soon? I've actually been in contact with him. We haven't got anything set up yet, but we're trying to get him on. So uh, really excited about possibly getting Jupiter on here. I think he'd be a lot of fun. Oh, so great. with all that said, now let's get to the guy who's the reason we're all here. Who's the reason that we're actually having this conversation tonight. And that is Papa bear. He is an author, a podcaster of the Papa bear hikes podcast and his book, switching gears, rediscovering the meaning of life, love and happiness while backpacking Vermont's long trail is available on Amazon and uh, I have a feeling you and him are going to have a lot to talk about tonight, Jeremiah, when it comes to the long trail. So without further ado, let's bring on Papa Bear himself, Mr. Martin Armitage. What's going on, man? Hey, it's great to be here with you guys. You know, Mike, you've been on my podcast, Jeremiah. I'm hoping I'm hoping to have both of you on in the future. I really enjoy your your YouTubes. And uh, yeah, I'm just happy to be here. And I just want to say one thing. I was listening to what you were saying about sending your tent back. People need to listen to that. Companies backing up their gear is just so important. Yeah, it is. Oh, you couldn't Absolutely. be more right, man. That's, uh, you know, we had talked about uh, Hilltop Packs, and I know that you know Ben. John's talking about them. I think it's last week, backing their products. If you can find companies that will really stand behind what they produce, I mean, that's exactly who you want to buy from. Absolutely. Yeah. And in, uh, yeah. Something else that's impressive is uh, Jeremiah's summer load is twice my winter loadout. Dude's a beast. <laughs> Jeremy from All Things Outdoors commented. He's probably right. Uh, Jeremy, by the way, um, I have a winter trip coming up. It's going to be winter for me. Going to be doing a little snowshoeing and stuff. I won't say a whole lot um, until after the trip. But uh, I plan on taking that hammock out that you made me, brother. And... I'm going to use it in the wintertime. I'm so excited. Wait, you're going to use that real thin, like, see-through hammock in the winter? Cloud 71. Yeah. Wow. Have, have you heard a... of this stuff? Have you heard of this stuff, Papa Bear, the Cloud 71 fabric? Yeah, yeah I have. It's uh, impressive. Let me know how that works in the winter. I'm not a hammock guy. I got, I got cold in a hammock in August, but I live in upstate New York. It's not all that <laughs> common to get cold in August. But... Well, I have. Uh, I plan on taking a zero-degree under. I don't know what the weather's going to be like, but I'm, I've am i been told to prepare for anything from like, you know, in the single digits up in the 40s. So I'll be prepared, but um, John and I, we, we hammock quite a bit. I know John's got the 10. He's rocking right now, but we have hammocked a lot in the past. So hopefully I'm adequately prepared, but we'll see. 
honestly, that tent that I used that's last weekend, uh -huh. that's the first time I've used a tent in three years. Yeah, well. I've only used hammocks for the past three years. And after sleeping in that tent for an overnight, I'm probably going to go back to a hammock at some point. <laughs> so, Papa Bear. I don't know, me... man. I'm not a ground dweller, I don't think. But we'll keep going. We're going to keep trying. Yeah. Well, Take you one for the team. That's what I'm going to do. It's fun to change it up, man. Yeah. But something I was going to ask Papa Bear. So, you did the Vermont Long Trail. Like you said, living in upstate New York. That's fairly close to you. I flew up there from Kentucky and through hiked it just in like one swoop. But uh, I took a tent on it. And honestly, I spent one night in a tent the entire time i think i set the tent up twice but then i kind of got like a little trail family going and then we all wanted to you know hang out in the shelter and then by the time that it's ready to set up you're like well i guess i'm just gonna sleep in here because i'm too lazy to set the tent up and then i'll listen to everybody snore and fart all night but that's kind of part of the journey wouldn't you agree oh yeah i when I did the long trail, when I was preparing for it, my transition from being a scout leader to going out and doing big boy tri trips, so to speak, I went out and bought a really nice tent or my kids chipped in and got me one for Father's Day. And so I packed it, used it the first night. And then I used it in the first half of my trip. I think I used it once that whole time. And then the second half, I set it up the last maybe twice. But the last night I was like, OK, I've got to use this tent. I've carried it all this time. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but yeah, on the long trail. There are just uh, so many opportunities to sleep in a shelter that you really don't need to. And once you get north of Killington, there, the, the number of hikers really starts to dwindle. Once that AT, if you're hiking in the AT bubble, like I had done, they're all on their way towards New Hampshire. And then you're getting to shelters. A lot of times there's just two, maybe three people at the shelter. And so how big are these shelters? Because I've never done the long trail like you two guys. Fill me in on these shelters a little bit. Like if, what are we talking about size wise for these things? They kind of vary. Some of them, you might be able to comfortably fit six or six people in, maybe eight. They're that small. But the one at Stratton Pond, I think they might be able to fit up to twenty people. There's actually a wow deck in that where you can act. Bro. Yeah, there's like a loft area. Mm -hmm. uh, I was I was with the app the AT bubble that year. So when I got to Stratton Pond, and wow. the thing with Stratton Pond is it's right by right by Manchester Center. If you're hiking northbound, it's the last place to camp before you go into town. So it's like that's a place a lot of people are going to stop and camp because whether they've done 10 miles or five miles, the next day they're going into town. And yeah, that that's a big, that's the biggest one I think I've seen up there. That's huge. Let, let me mention something about Stratton pond. Cause this to me, I mean, I don't remember what is that like five days in maybe four days in, depending on how fast you hike, something like that. I'd say, yeah, for an average hiker, probably five days. Yeah. Well, I got to, so there's a shelter before there and it's a lean to. And, uh, you know, for those that don't know, like when I say lean to, it's more of like a three sided shelter. Cause once you get really far North on the long trail, it, you know, it kind of wise and split. So the AT goes one way and the long trail goes the other and the, the, the shelters get a lot nicer in my opinion. Some of them are like little log cabins, you know, almost like a little house but uh the shelter before that we had hiked 10 miles and you hike up to the top and uh i got there and we didn't want to quit for the day well there's one person in our trail family that um wanted to stop he's like i just can't do any more miles and i was like okay well i think i'm gonna go on to stratton pond and that was like another 10 miles so there happened to be a family 
of like 16 people that come up there to that shelter and were camping. And they had left uh, some, I guess they were doing resupplies along the way and and doing like several days in a row. And they had left five-gallon buckets. And they're like, once you get down to the gravel parking lot, before you start um, heading up to the fire tower up there on top of Stratton, they're like, there's a five-gallon bucket. It's got some snacks and stuff in it. And I got down there, and, dude, I've been walking all day, 40 degrees and rain. It was miserable. Wow. I got down there, and I've, I've told this before, so I kind of make it short, but I really needed uh, that trail magic at the bottom. And I hiked up on the way, had some hallucinations, I think, from exhaustion and the rain and everything on the way up to Stratton. Then I got to the top. And I was like, there's no way I'm climbing this tower. You know, it's basically just a giant cloud up here. But Stratton Pond, the shelter, was like my savior when I got down here. It was warm, changed clothes. There's all kinds of space. You can hang everything up and let so it dry So let me ask out. you this, just out of curiosity. You said hallucina hallucinations. What? I, I know Papa Bear's thinking the same thing I am. What did you hallucinate? I got to know what you hallucinated. <laughs> he's smiling because he's thinking the same thing I am. What were you hallucinating? Well... I think the rain was really in my head, and I'm telling you, dude, <laughs> the kryptonite for me is the, you know, low 40s, high 30s, and rain. Oh, yeah. my God, I hate it. I can do pretty much anything else, but that was a 20-mile day, and at that point, once you are, like, halfway up the mountain, and there's all kinds of false summits on the way up there, once you're halfway up the mountain, I was, you know, I'd walked, like, 14, 15 miles in the rain, and... uh I was probably a hundred yards away from the next false summit and I saw a guy standing with like a black trench coat, if I remember correctly, giant umbrella, and he was just standing up there, no backpack or anything. And I was like, What what is this person doing? You know, are they are they lost out here? Did they start at the the trailhead down at the bottom they're walking up and i was like i'm going to just put my head down walk up there ask him see if everything's okay not that i could do a whole lot to help but uh and then i got up there and there's nobody there and there's nobody on top of the mountain and the mysterious black figure with the umbrella was just poof gone well the pizza ninja wants to know did you hallucinate dancing pizzas it's happened to the best of us <laughs> the pizza ninja <laughs> In all seriousness, Jeff uh, Jeff Peters wants to know from uh, Papa Bear, what kind of tent do you use? I have a Nemo Hornet. Excuse me. I've been using a Nemo Hornet since 2016, and I, I'm really happy with it. Uh, I'm not very tall, so the one-person tent really works well for me. I get in there, and with the few things I bring into the tent with me at night, it, it really does the job for me. And, uh, yeah, I'm, I've, I'm happy with it. And in fact, we were talking about customer service. I had a situation at the end of back in, in the fall where the, the elastic had stretched out, you know, and, and it just wasn't, the, the poles just weren't snapping back together when I folded them and, uh, they placed the, the elastic. I sent them the poles, they replaced it, but yeah, to answer that wow. question. Yeah. Nemo, the Nemo Hornet, Hornet one. Nemo is an interesting company because they're, you look at their stuff and you swear they're this huge company, but they're really still almost a cottage company in size. There really aren't a lot of people that work there. So it's interesting. You know, the, the customer service, it seems like with companies like that, it's just so good. Uh, yes. Jeremiah, you are getting crapped on right now in, <laughs> in the, uh, things. Uh, the dude with the trench coat is who makes Jeremiah's merch. <laughs> I don't and, have merch for the record, Papa Bear. <laughs> and uh, you sure you weren't in West Virginia and that was Mothman? I never heard of Mothman. Neither have I, but apparently that sounds terrifying. 
That does sound terrifying with a name like that. Hey, yeah. you guys are right about the Nemo. I use their um, their pad, the Nemo Tensor. I got the Alpine yeah, version. And then they also have, um, let's see, what's their pillow called? Y'all know the what it's called? The Philo pillow. Yeah, it's inflatable, right? Yep. Yeah. So I use that too. Is that the only Nemo equipment that you have, Papa Bear? I just uh, coincidentally received, I, I purchased the uh, Close Self Pad that they have. I can't remember what they call it now. But this year I'm going to be hiking the Tahoe Rim Trail, and I decided I'd go back to trying the Close Cell Pad because I really, and the, and the shelters, they're just not, they don't work. I mean, I'm always banging my elbow. I just can't comfortable, get comfortable with them. Uh, so they have one that kind of folds up like an accordion. So I'm going to give yeah. that a try on a try in some of my shakedown hikes and see if I, if I can sleep comfortably on the ground with that. How's yeah, that? I've seen those. Those are actually really nice. Um, you're doing the Tahoe Rim Trail, man. That's that's it. That's another one of those trails that I really want to do. That's uh, that's interesting. Yeah. It's been on my bucket list since I finished the long trail, actually. So that's why I'm excited that I'm actually going to this is the year I'm going to go out and do it. Oh, wow. That's awesome. Uh, Jeremiah, does Gonex make an umbrella? <laughs> I'm uninformed on the <laughs> on the Gonex materials. <laughs> um, okay, so let's let's get back to Papa Bear. Um, you wrote a book. You wrote this book about basically learning about everything, doing the long trail. Uh, what inspired you to write the book? Well, for people that aren't familiar with the long trail, to get recognized as an end-to-end hiker or a through hiker, you have to submit a trail journal. So when I came home, I really when I finished up, I really wasn't sure I even wanted to get the patch. I love collecting pa- collecting patches, but a part of me was like, I, I I don't know, is that really what motivated me? But so I went ahead and typed up my trail journal, and my wife went through it for me, and she says, you know, this could be the beginning of a book for you. Uh, you know, she had heard all the stories, all the things that went around that. You know, the trail journal was basically I hiked this many miles of this trail to this shelter, and then the book basically was filling in the blanks. He told me, you know, you, you've got enough stuff in between that. So I kind of, you know, kicked around the idea for about a year. And then I said, you know what, that was such a memorable trip for me. And, and I'll, you know, it was a life-changing experience as well. I mean, I think as time went on, I started reflecting on the experience more as I did some more backpacking trips. I said, you know, that was almost like a you know, a point in my life where, yeah, maybe things change a little bit. It wasn't like, you know, my world was turned upside down, but I maybe started changing the way I looked at things, certain, you know, things like putting pressure on myself to achieve certain goals, um, you know, really appreciating those opportunities to be by myself, uh, those opportunities to be out in nature and, and take on the challenges that you really only can appreciate if you've done any kind of backpacking. Mm powerful and then you know yeah and then in addition to that i just um you know it was 2017 and there was just so much tension and stress in the real world and in 2018 those trips just taught me that you know there are just so many good people in this world there are just so many kind-hearted people that will just stop and do good things for for strangers whether it's giving them a ride giving them trail magic and and then, you know, the fleeting nature of these people, it's, it is like real life. They come into our lives and maybe we have a brief encounter with them, but sometimes our brief encounters last a lifetime. Don't you feel like, um, we were talking about this, I think last week, whenever you head out to the trail and you, you have those encounters, 
the the problems of society just kind of dissipate. You know, the only the only things you're worrying about are your basic needs and then the relationships that you have with other people. You know what I mean? Yeah. Oh, 100%. You know, my connection to the so-called real world when I'm out on the trail is, yes, I miss my wife and my kids and, you know, I'll communicate with them and my my hiking buddies. But other than that, I, I like to look at it as an opportunity to live like a vagabond. I'm going to throw what I need for five days because I usually have my supplies. I usually go with five days of supplies at a time and just going to go wake up in the morning. I'll look at the map and you know what? There's a shelter here, here, and here. And at every point where I can set up camp, that's when I'll make a decision how Mm -hmm. much further I'm going to hike for the day. Yeah. And you talked about the, uh, like you, with the green mountain club, which is is kind of the, uh, organization that is in charge of maintaining the long trail and all the information about it and, and that kind of stuff, kind of like the AT trail conservancy, you know, they're in charge of the AT or whatever in charge, whatever that means, but they will recognize you as an end to ender. And I didn't do a written trail journal. I did. I decided that I wanted to do like a, a photo journal kind of. So each day that I was on trail, I made a post on Instagram. And of course, some days you can't post because you don't have service, but you kind of make it up whenever you do. So I posted like exactly what you were describing. I'd post like four or five pictures from that day. And then it was mild, whatever to whatever. And then a little bit about what the day was like, how difficult, easy, you know, where we slept and that kind of stuff. But I, I, I guess I threw hiked it in 2019. 19. It's yeah. 19, yeah. 2019 in the summer in May, May, June time. And I never sent it in. I guess I still could. But kind of you're you get almost self recognition over the accolades or patches or I know you get a certificate and stuff too, but it means more to me, not that that stuff isn't important too, but it means more to me the the different shifts in mindset and experiences you had over any qualifications or however you want to describe it that you would get from an external entity. Yeah, here's the way I've always looked at that. They mean a lot to us personally, uh-huh. right? We've done this. It's a big deal to us. Our loved ones are happy that we're happy we completed it. Mm. You know, the people that care about us and matter in our lives, they're happy because we're happy. But yeah, it's it's a personal achievement. And um, yeah, that's about as far as those accolades really go. Well, and and you guys doing, I mean, the long trail, I did I did the Sheltoe Trace. I think the mileage is similar between the two trails. Mm-hmm. But um one of the things that that's similar between the Sheltoe Trace and the Vermont Long Trail is the water. Is that you're always wet. Like when I hiked the Sheltoe, the first four days were just torrential downpours, and your feet never got dry, your gear never got dry, and that, while at the time was miserable, I look back on that so fondly now because even though all that happened, I still go out and do backpacking trips. I still make I'm still making plans to do other trails that are that are like that because there was something about getting through it, getting over that hump and and dealing with the suck and coming out better on the other side that you just can't unless you've done it, you just don't understand it. I think is the best way to put it. Yeah. I recently interviewed Liz Thomas and we talked about that. You know, that when you're out there and you're dealing with the blisters or 
Oh, the, yeah. the, the toe you jammed on a rock or a root that you hit, you know, or those bad days or the three or four straight days of rain. It's or hiking on the trail and is... you see Jeremiah Stringer in his underwear. That's <laughs> that's, that, yeah, that's that, true. right. The that's something you want to forget. That's when brutal. You off, that's right? brutal. <laughs> <laughs> but you forget, you know, you how quickly you forget about that stuff. Yeah. And uh, and, and, you know, because there's just so much so much out there to enjoy. There's so much Absolutely. good out there. Absolutely. I know for me, um, I want to do some of the trails that are a little more popular than the Shell Toey. The Shell Toey, I hiked. I mean, there's one time I hiked three days and I saw two people by myself. I just did three days. Uh, it was like 31. It was, it was two days. It was two days. It was 32 miles. And at the end of that 32 miles, I'd seen like one or two people the whole time. And they're just, it's not a heavily trafficked trail. You don't get tramleys on, on the Shell Toey <laughs> Trace. Um, so I, I, I really want to get on a trail where there, there's that opportunity because I've never had that before. And so, like, I love hearing you guys talk about this stuff because I don't have any clue with that kind of thing. Yeah, I'm not somebody who goes out there seeking total solitude. Yeah. Jeremiah could tell you, you do have those moments. You can hike a good part of the day and just kind of a high, how are you? Path, you know, crossing paths with people. But when you get you know, the end of the day, you have your little tramley, or maybe when you stop for lunch, those people you've been hiking with. And, you know, I'm a, we're all sociable people, obviously. We have podcasts. We love talking to people and talking about backpacking and hiking. So for me, that's kind of, that's a cool part of the experience and uh, getting to know people as I go along. And what's interesting on the long trail, and I don't know, Jeremiah, you weren't with, it doesn't sound like you were with the bubble, I don't, or maybe you were with maybe the front end of it. But Yeah, I was a little ahead. And the, yeah, so uh, with me, I was with, I was there with the bubble. So it was kind of cool. Because, you know, here's what's going on in Vermont. By the time the bubble gets to Vermont, those guys are hiking 20 plus miles a day. Yeah. yeah. And us long trail guys are just getting just getting started. So 10, 10 plus miles is pretty good. So, you know, you, you get your own little long trail tramley. But then you're meeting all these people from on the Appalachian Trail who are sharing their experiences with you, which I thought was really so cool. It's so interesting. Like you never, you never know who you're going to meet. And I, I was listening to um, some of your podcast in preparation for this show. And I, I listened to several, and there's one conversation, I don't remember who you're having with, but I think it's something along the lines of, you know, where else are you going to be, you know, on one side of you're sleeping in a shelter, and maybe there's a brain surgeon. On the other side, there is a straight homeless person. And then next to them, maybe you have a retired teacher. And then right next to them is a 17-year-old that just graduated high school. And there's not really anything that comes to my mind that there's other other activities in life like that. Maybe there is. I don't know. But the sense of community that you get. Like, for example, I had um, uh, an injury whenever I was on trail. And also, like, sometimes you don't sleep great, especially in those shelters. And there was a guy that was, um, I don't remember if he was a chiropractor or he was some, some type of doctor or chiropractor, but, like, he performed some uh, some therapy and, like, cracked my back up and some different stuff. And, you know, I'm in the middle of the woods. You know, the nearest road is miles away, and you're hurting. And I was like, man, my knee is really killing me. He's like, let me check that out. And he's, like, feeling on it and uh, pushing on different places. 
And he's like, well, it's not anything to worry about. You do have some tears on this tendon, blah, blah, blah. But he's like, what's happening is they're going this way. And he explained it to him. And he's like, don't worry about it. It's repairing itself. Just keep going. Take it light. I mean, where else are you going to get that kind of environment wow. and community? And and, yeah, and that, that hits the nail on the head, Jeremiah. It's He wasn't a chiropractor at that moment. He was a guy on the trail with that knowledge. Right. I mean, that's his profession. That's how he makes his living. But at that moment, he was just another hiker helping another hiker. Uh, and and that's part of what makes trail life so special. Oh. That's awesome. Yeah, we're all, we're all just, I like to say, at the end of the day, we're not doctors, lawyers, or recent high school graduates. We're all just stinky, smelly hikers trying to yep. get a good night's sleep. That's all. Well, and I want to catch up on a few comments because our community here at the Backpacking Podcast is hilarious. I just want I just want to say that. And this, I've been I've been saving some of these comments as we go along, just kind of trying to keep up with them. Uh, Jeremiah, you're getting sleepy, sleepy. Hey, I had a great nap, but I'm waking up. He says if he closes his eyes to sleep, is that considered a long blink? <laughs> they asked me. They asked me about the blinking and Girl Plus Dog Adventures. I do have my mug here. So. That's right. It's coming. Uh, we got Jeremiah hates love. Let's make that go viral. Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, TikTok, etc. cetera. Uh, that was from the fake news. Uh, outside covers of Jeremiah's first merch should be some hair products because his hair is on point today. Uh, woke up like uh, this. Man, must be good. Must be good. Uh, Jeremiah keeps shaving so, he, so to keep their sponsor, he uses outdoor beer products on his hair. <laughs> Uh, and then uh, anybody else getting Gonex offers because they follow Jeremiah? Oh, if that is genuine, that is hilarious. Yeah. And then uh, just this is just a great comment. This is to get back on track with things. But uh, I love how this conversation is so focused on the trail community. Easily my favorite part of the hiking experience. So well, I actually think on the shorter trails and Papa Bear, you might. You might um, disagree here. I don't know. Maybe you have different experience with it. But it seems like to me, if you're doing a trail that is taking 30 days or less, which typically the long trail would take about that, or at least it did for me, it is kind of hard to get a really, how do I say this? When you're on a longer trail, like maybe the AT and you're through hiking it, you really get to meet a lot of people and you're going to run into some people that have a similar hiking mileage and hiking style to you. And so then you kind of are sleeping at the same places and then you get to talking and then they become a trail family. It's a lot, the probability of that happening is a lot less likely on some of the shorter trails, even though the long trail, that's still a long trail. It's not as long as five or six months. So you don't really get as much opportunity. I agree with you a hundred percent. I, you know, the people I hiked with, you know, it was just basically people that were, we were all just hiked coincidentally hiked the same number of miles a day. You know, it was, um, but I think when you're hiking a longer trail, like the AT, you've got a longer duration to where you fall into a group, so to speak, that hikes at the same pace that hikes a little bit faster than other people. Uh, so it weeds it out. It, yeah. It, it definitely takes longer because on the LT, on, on the long trail, yeah, there were people that would come and go. There were three or four of us that were together, but there were people that would come and go because maybe some of them hiked a little faster, or a little slower. Um, so, yeah, it's, I, I agree with you 100%. 
Look at I see John. John looking at those comments. <laughs> oh, they're uh, they're man. It's on today, man. I'm just telling you, like Doc Watson. I've gotten Gonex suggested products on Amazon. No, the Pizza Ninja. I'm getting Gonex cold calls at work. How did that happen? Um, Loafer X, check out a Gonex recommendation on the My Life Outdoors channel. So apparently, Stephen Smith is suggesting Gonex now. I don't know, man. People are <laughs> stepping in on your territory, Jeremiah. I don't know if you should like that or not. I'll let them have it. And Loafer so, X also puts on here, great to see Papa Bear live. So I'm assuming uh, he's one of your your listeners. So it's great to be here. On, <laughs> on thanks for watching and listening. So you you have your own podcast too, and. I am curious, you have kind of a different different styles looking at um, like your episodes and your guest and the lengths and stuff. So some, typically our format is like an hour with the guest, right? And, and some parts of the year we will live stream them. And then other parts of the year, like for example, I'm on summer break. So I may be gone from the house. I'm a teacher, by the way. So, um, you know, we get summer break off and... I can't be locked into a live stream Monday night at this time if I'm going to be whatever if I'm hiking the long trail, right? Obviously, that'd be very difficult. So we do kind well, of recorded episodes. That and we're both married, and our wives would kill us if we did this year round. So <laughs> yeah, there's that too. If we're just being real, I mean, yeah, that it's just wise to take breaks from doing it every single Monday night. But I'm curious about on your podcast, which we mentioned earlier, is called Papa Bear Hikes. Um, how do you decide? kind of the format of your show and then some of your episodes are uh, a little bit shorter some of them you got a full hour with guests and all that uh, so for to satisfy my own curiosity what what do you think well when i started the podcast i thought i'd be able to talk once a week about hiking and backpacking and thought you know that could get boring fast i'm just one person i mean you're, you're two guys you're able to bounce things off each other and keep it interesting so shortly into it i decided I want to start interviewing people because I, I, I'm interested in hearing what other people are doing. Mm -hmm. So I started inviting people on and, and from there I expanded to not just backpacking and hike very shortly after that. It was, I was trying to cover everything to just kind of inspire people to go outside. But yeah, my format's kind of loose. I like to tell people, all right, I have a series of questions or things I'd like to go over a framework, but I'll ask a question and the truth is most of the time that question just leads to another question and then we're having a discussion and it just kind of takes over from there. Uh, you know, I, I like to get people on to tell me about their experiences, whether it's hiking a trail or I've had authors on to talk about their books. Uh, John was, or, um, John was on. We talked about his podcast and some of the activities he's been on and some of the episodes. Yeah, I can, I've had great episodes that last 15 minutes. I've had episodes that last 50 um, you know, I interviewed somebody that believe it or not, it was over three hours. We talked, I had wow. to break it up into three separate episodes. And then, you know, and my wife starts like halfway through, she's like, I, she's like whispering, are you done? Are you editing? You know? And I'm like, I'm like, I'm still, like, I'm still on here, but, uh, we had such a great conversation going. And, um, yeah, so, yeah, I mean, I, and I always tell people don't, you know, th this might be just a 15 or 30 minute interview. It could be 50 minutes, but you know, like I said, some great interviews are short. Some, some take longer. Well, I was going to say we had Shug Emery on here and you, if I dare you to get Shug to stand for an hour, <laughs> I dare you. It's not happening. Like the, we, I think at an hour and 40 minutes, we're like, man, we really do need to uh, go ahead and 
and say goodbye. <laughs> yeah, you know, but but then we get off and we talked after that, you know, like you just got some people that are just so infectious that they just want to talk. And those seem to be some of the most fun podcasts too. When you get in mm-hmm. with somebody who just loves to talk, they love their, their life and what they do. And you get to hear about it. It's just a lot of fun. Yeah. And let's face it. That's why we do this. We, we love this. We love the outdoors. We love backpacking. So when we have somebody on our podcast that likes talking about it with us. Right. It's yeah. yeah there's a lot of times like, I, I, I go, I, I leave here. I'm like, I could have talked to that person for hours. You know, I could have, I, if I was camping with that person, we probably would have been up past midnight, you know, having fun and talking until we finally passed out. Oh yeah, absolutely. So we got a couple little, a couple comments on here. Uh, all things outdoors, wives of hikers. Sounds like a live stream. LOL. Oh, you know what? John, that is a good idea. Why have we never had our wives on? And done because it? my wife would rather like dig her elbows out with plastic spoons than be on this podcast. That's really. Why. Uh, oh my! She has no desire to get on. T- no man, she would. She would do it if I pushed her hard enough, and then she'd be mad at me for like two months. Oh, so, okay, okay. That's but, what would happen in my house. My wife would have a lot of stories. You know, yeah, yeah. Back when I was in Scouts, they, they called themselves the the camping widows or something like yeah, that. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, we got a couple questions for you. Uh, Papa bear, Jeff Peters wants to know, how did you get the hiking bug? Oh, uh, wow. That started, believe it or not. I was, this is, uh, this is a big year for me. S- 1972, I was seven years old. I grew up in New Jersey, just outside of New York city. You can actually see the Manhattan skyline from my front porch where I grew up. But anyway, my father took us up to the Delaware water gap and took us on a backpacking trip up to sunfish pond and those people who are familiar with the at know that the at goes right past sunfish pond it goes up worthington state park sunfish pond and i can remember it's like you know, it's 50 years later and i can still remember seeing the first white blaze and and my father pointing to it and saying yeah this blaze this this is a trail that goes from georgia up to the state of maine you know you know and he's like talking to me about how many states that is and it's seven years old you know, your idea of how big the world is, is not, you know, very good. You don't have you know, very big, very good perspective on it. But I just was, you know, and I remember asking him, so people walk from Georgia all the way up to Maine. And, uh, I just, you know, and then I had such a great experience on that trip. I, you know, we had a campfire and eating the food. And I remember going home cause it was only an overnight and going to the public library because I grew up around the corner from our public library and started looking stuff up on the Appalachian Trail and going to the map and looking at this and trying to figure out what states it went through. And from there, I just, I, I think I could go as far as saying it may have become an obsession <laughs> wanting to hike because yeah, I, from there on, I was doing backpacking trips several times a year, you know, up until my kids were young. Oh, that's yeah. awesome. That's yeah. awesome. Well, there's another question for you. Uh, best tip from a guest you've interviewed. Hmm. <laughs> what a intense question that's so hard <laughs> i wow i've had so many interesting guests who have had so much great information uh wow uh you know i might have to go to somebody like warren i think warren doyle and i don't know if it was a tip or just an observation we were talking about gear he said understand something there's no such thing as waterproof gear on the at <laughs> uh-huh that's true don't John. buy waterproof gear thinking it's going to be waterproof nothing is waterproof on the at no 
John, I think no. you have uh, used these before, but this trip I'm going on, I bought some of those seal skins. Papa Bear, have you heard of these? I have, and because I do a lot of winter hiking, I've been giving a lot of consideration to to buying a pair. I love them. Hey. I love them. I've been using them for two, two and a half years, and uh, I've never had a problem. I'm just so wet feet with them. I'm afraid, though. I'm afraid that uh, I'll sweat them out, and then dude, I, I didn't. I, I have sweaty, nasty feet, dude, and I did not prune up. Did Did you buy what length are yours? Uh, they go up to the calf. Okay, I got. They say knee. I don't know how high that actually covers, but I assume over the calf. There's no over-the-calf sock I can actually get over my calves. Oh, you got some big old calves. I don't have calves. I have cows. <laughs> and so, like, there's just no getting. I, if it says it's an over-the-calf, I just leave it. I don't even try and bring it because it's not working. I'm going to give it a go. But I, yeah, I, have that, I have that same concern about my feet sweating up. I sweat a lot when I hike, and uh, that's been my concern. Uh, <laughs> if for winter, uh, I do a lot of hiking. I'm in upstate New York, so we can have – cold streams and even some snow on the ground late into the year sometime you know into early may some years and even in some of the late fall hikes and i've thought about them for those type of hikes too you you, know, you can hit a stream crossing early on your feet get wet and that could be uncomfortable and on a day hike you know you know you could be a little bit more comfortable for your your hike it might be worth it well i know for me i wore uh in gingy liners with them because my biggest problem hiking is I've got a, a ring toe that sits over top of my pinky toe. And so they constantly rub. It doesn't matter how many miles I do. They're going to rub. I have to wear toe socks or I'm just going to blister up and be miserable. And and so I, I wore um, in gingy liners with those socks, with the seal skins, and they did a great job. Uh, according to uh, Girl Plus Dog Adventures, I need some loom for those nasty smelling. What is loom? I've never heard of the loom. I have never heard of that. Okay, girl plus dog. Homework. Tell us what Loom is. Got to know. Got to find out. Now, here's a question for you, Papa Bear. Since you were in the Boy Scouts, did you make Eagle? No, I wasn't personally in the Eagles in the Boy Scouts as a you know as a youth. I I grew up in a town where we had almost no Boy Scout presence. I was in for a couple of years. The town I grew up in, everybody was more into sports, and I didn't. Two of my boys became Eagle Scouts, but I did. My time in Scouts was more as a volunteer. I spent over 20 years, total of 22 years as a volunteer with the Boy Scouts and 12 of those as a Scoutmaster. Did you get to hike Philmont? No, I didn't. I uh, I was supposed to go one year and, and couldn't go, had to cancel, but I would have loved to because nobody has come back from Philmont. I've had boys in our troop go out to Philmont. Nobody's ever come back from there and been disappointed. Yeah, I've my son, I'm just hoping he wants to do Scouts. Uh, I'm going to get him in him when he's young, when he's allowed to be in it. And I want to get out to Philmont. I'm using my son so I can get out to Philmont. I'm totally <laughs> using my child so that I can go hey, hike no, the trail. I used my kids to get back into backpacking. Yeah, as soon as yeah. my oldest was old enough to carry a pack, I told my wife, I got to get him outside. You know, we can't have these kids sitting indoors <laughs> all the time. Uh, and I said, yeah, there's nothing wrong with that, John. Well, <laughs> I I, I'm getting... I'm getting my five-year-old her first backpacking backpack um, in a few weeks. And this summer, we're going to go on our first backpacking overnight. She's you five, know, and we're going to get out you, there. You can't start kids too young, you know? And if you take them out there and you're just conscious of the fact that, all right, this is this is their limit. This is how far they can go. 
And I've just got to make sure that it's not a miserable death march for them. They'll be hooked. I've seen it with my own kids. I've seen it with kids and scouts. In fact, cool story, if you don't mind me sharing quickly. Please One do. of the kids in my, in my troop hiked the long trail this past summer in 2021. And he had sent me a message from day one. And he, uh, you know, he says, you know, Mr. Armitage, I just wanted to let you know that I'm hiking the lawn trail and I'll keep you in touch with where I'm going. So he was like, whenever he had service or every couple of days sending me a message. And I, I was like, yeah, I stayed at that shelter or yeah, he's, I'm going into Manchester Center for the night. And I said, did you stay at this place? Yeah, that's where I'm staying. And it was, uh, you know, it was really, I really, it was really kind of cool because he was also a part of a group of kids. I started a high adventure program. And we took these kids out. It was really like an introduction to multi-day backpacking where we had them out on three and four day backpacking trips. So, you know, to hear these stories of these boys that were going out on those trips now taking on things like the long trail and the Adirondack 46. Um, I just, it really excites me to think, okay, maybe they, maybe, maybe they were liking it more than I thought or listening a little closer than I thought they were. That's awesome. See, I've got a young guy in our church who was in Boy Scouts. He's an Eagle Scout. He did Philmont. Um, I actually helped him train for Philmont. We did some trails around here when he was getting ready for that. He's now 20. He, he's got a full-time job. Um, and him and four or five other guys, we're all getting together this fall and we're going to go down and do the foothills trail down along. And, uh, he is pumped to get to do that. So, yeah, I had one of the boys about it. There is. And when, on a small section of the, uh, Long trail. And I mentioned this in the book. One of the young men that made Eagle Scout in our troop when I was a scoutmaster hiked for a few days with me. He went up to Camel's Hump with me. And um, and that was just such a I felt like that was such a special moment, you know. Uh, and to show you how small we talk about how small the hiking community can be or how small trail life can be. Boy Scouts, right? We're up in Vermont. We're six over six hours from home uh, near Camel's Hump. And we're and the young man I was with had one of our troop shirts on. Somebody walks up and says, oh, you're from that town. I live in the next town over. Do you know this guy and this guy? I'm like, we know like all these people. We have all these common friends. And I said, so you know Mr. So-and-so? Oh, yeah, Mr. So-and-so was my assistant scoutmaster. And I was like, that is so cool to be out here. What what are the chances to be this far from home and run into somebody from scouts and have all these common friends? That is awesome. So my father-in-law, he is the one that got me into backpacking. Never would have known about it if, if he hadn't invited me. And he discovered it from leading Boy Scouts um, on some different trips around kind of the tri-state area of where I live. And uh, I'm curious to know, I, I saw his experience with it and what's led to, but what do you think the most rewarding part is of being kind of the, the scout leader or leading the trips or however you want to describe it? Well, we got a lot of attention, or I was given a lot of attention when I left because we had a lot of Eagle Scouts and that's not how I measure success. I think a lot of boys can go through the scouting program and girls now and not achieve Eagle Scout and have a great experience. For me personally, it's those experiences when I hear from those kids that said, Hey, you know, I, uh, I'm hiking the Adirondack 46 or I'm hiking, I plan on hiking the AT next year in two years. Cause one kid has actually told me that that's rewarding. That's what's the most rewarding thing for me being an outdoor enthusiast. Um, cause that's how, I ended up becoming scoutmaster. I got involved in scouts because my oldest son was in scouts. And um, the pastor at our church had heard that, he, as he put it, I heard you like to do some backpacking. And we really need an outdoorsy guy to lead the troop. Because <laughs> the troop, the scoutmaster was a nice guy, but he would cancel trips because it, there was rain in the forecast. 
So this guy was very frank with me. He goes, I need somebody that isn't going to take, be afraid to take the boys out if it's raining and, and go on some long hikes with them. So. Yeah, I bet you were just so bummed out about that one, weren't you? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I bet yeah. that was just that was just awful. I can't believe you're asking me to do something I love. What a yeah. terrible thing! Hey, uh, yeah. girls, girl plus dog adventures. Let us know. Loom is an amazing deodorant for pits, feet, and all other smelly areas. Huh. So, and she also is curious. Wait, I thought Jay's dad was Jason. <laughs> Backpacking with dad. <laughs> Backpacking with Jason. Shout out to him, man. It's funny. <laughs> Um, yeah, the Boy Scouts thing, I never did. I kind of grew up around the woods a lot, but I think it would have been cool because you really get, you get experiences with other people out in nature, you know, people your age. And as a teacher, I kind of see what I do almost as a long-term investment. I've been teaching now for like seven years and it's very rewarding, but it takes a long time to get the reward. Because if you have somebody in ninth grade, then, um, you know, they have four years of high school and then then they start their real life. Right. And maybe they have kids and stuff. And then later on, you see the investment that you made. And I figured it's kind of similar with the Boy Scouts. It's like a long term investment. But you see that relationship kind of pay off and the experiences pay off as they grow up. And, you know, you see what you've instilled in them. Yeah, even I was even I was in Boy Scouts. We've I think you and I talked about this on your show about my experience when I was in New York. Everybody did Boy Scouts. Like there were more kids that were in Boy Scouts than weren't when I was growing up in New York. And then I moved to Ohio, and nobody was in Boy Scouts. And so I think had I had my parents not moved from New York to Ohio, I probably would have been in Boy Scouts my whole life, and I probably would have been an Eagle Scout. You know, I got the arrow of light, and I did all that, and um. Got to go up to the, I can't remember the name, I think Camp Baden-Powell maybe up near the yep. Finger Lakes. Um, did all of that. It was great. Um, but it just, it, it. I think it's such a regional thing. But everybody I talk to who's been through it, it's it's shaped who they are as a person. And uh, those leaders that they they came up with mean so much to them in a, even in their adult life. Yeah. I just recently interviewed Ram Dino. I don't, if you guys followed his YouTube's all he does yeah, a little the bit. AT yeah. updates, right? He's an Eagle Scout. And oh, really? I said, yeah. So I said, you know, let's, you know, the, the stray here from you know his YouTube. I said, tell us about that. And you know, there's the thing. Once you're an Eagle Scout, you're always an Eagle Scout. And then as I used to tell the kids, nobody should ever be surprised to hear that you're an Eagle Scout, meaning you should always be behaving in a way that people say, well, of course they are. They're kind, considerate and, and things like that. And, and I think it does. I think, and I've heard this from my, my own boys you know, uh, that you, know, you take away traits from there. In addition to outdoors, leadership traits. I mean, in a well-run troop, the kids are given those opportunities to plan the trips. Something that, uh, that I always did is I put the kids in charge. Now we, as adults sat around the table to keep right. things, from you know as i used to say the ski trip to colorado type of fantasy trip or you know <laughs> hiking volcanoes yeah. in hawaii but um well you didn't hike kids, volcanoes in did, hawaii no nah, not yet <laughs> 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 i told the kids you better start selling a lot of popcorn <laughs> or sell a lot of popcorn <laughs> right that's great uh, uh, but yeah i mean it's just that's the other side of it and um and back to the high adventure program that the kids planned the trip. We would sit down with these group of kids. They were 14 and older. And these were kids that had, uh, they, they were that next step up just from going camping every weekend for the outdoors. They wanted that challenge. And we'd sit down and I would put out a few possible 
destinations. Uh, actually, this group had hiked from the Appalachian Trail from Delaware Water Gap all the way to uh, almost just about Sterling Forest in New York. Um, so it was, you know, they picked off a nice little chunk there in New York and New Jersey. And, but yeah, they would say, this is what we're going to do. And I say, all right, guys, how many miles do you think we can plan? How many miles do you think you can do? How many meals do you think we're going to need? And, and, and then they would take it from there. But by the last year, by the time the duration was picked out, or the destination was picked out, these kids were just running with, they were just, I just kind of sat back and they were doing all the planning. The only thing the adults did was say, how are we getting them there? And how are we getting them home? They were bought in because they, yeah. they were part of the planning for it. Got some great comments coming in here. Um, Riff Outdoors, I've never seen a scout troop be successful that wasn't in the woods at least once a month. Um, yeah. Uh, Scott Caskey, Scouts in Philmont was a great experience, was in Cub Scout to Boy Scouts, then a leader for 15-plus years. Um, here's another one. My father, 77, is still active in Scouts. He has over 2,500 miles backpacking and got me into it. He and I just went last fall. Great mentoring. Um, <laughs> two things that kill boys in scouts, perfume and gasoline. <laughs> and then, uh, another comment, take, take a kid backpacking in the camp for the night. I thought this was going to be really thought out and, and well, like just one of those all moments, but then he says, teach a kid to backpack and they podcast for life. Uh, and then, uh, another comment, this is, we're at that point where we have to ask this question. They've been waiting. And I warned you about this, Papa bear. I warned you. Um, I bet Papa Bear has an epic poop story. Um, you know what? Yeah, I have one from when I was younger, but and maybe this is what may, might have scarred me for life. I don't know, but when I, <laughs> <laughs> when I like now, you know, like last year I went out and like you know with the pandemic I could I, I really you know I, I decided to go back and rehike a section of the AT that I'd hiked previously, and uh, this is true. I look for places I can camp where there's bear boxes and there's privies. Okay. So, yeah, amen to that. Yeah, I guess. Yeah, yeah when I was about twelve. I thought I was in a nice, safe spot, and um, uh, I, I mean, a guy. He looked like he was much older than me, but probably just a a guy and his girlfriend, or maybe in her twenties, like walked right up on me, like feet away from me, while I'm, you know, about to. Or I was like too late. I was already, you know, well into taking care of my business at that point. Oh, and no. I just like jumped up and was like, you know, <sighs> yeah, got out of my pants and my <sighs> shoe and, and they walked, they just kept walking. Like they didn't see anything. It was like, I thought oh, that was pretty cool. Cause I probably would have laughed at me if I walked <laughs> up on it, but <laughs> you were 12 years old. Uh, Is that what you said? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah wow. I was 12 when that happened. Yeah. That is yeah. scarred for life. So, not, needless to say, I was practicing leave no trace as far as digging cat holes and going far enough off the trail long before it was ever such a thing. Had nothing to do with the environment, though. It had to do more with no way am I going to let somebody walk up on me again when I'm doing that. <laughs> I, oh, man, we're getting a couple comments here. Uh, it took 52 minutes for poop stories to come out. And then Friday, the hiker says, Papa Bear delivers. <laughs> Hey, I do. I do have one other question for you uh, before we get off here. I know that we'll start wrapping it up soon, but uh, I watched one of your videos because you have a YouTube channel as well. And you said off air before we started this that you're kind of dabbling um, in the whole YouTube type deal. And I watched one of your videos, and you were on an adventure, and it was winter time. I don't want to get controversial here at all. Okay, mm -hmm. uh, I am genuinely curious. 
uh, because I want to be informed too. So you said that you passed a big group of hikers, and then on the side of the trail, you saw that uh, there were some peelings. I don't remember if they were uh, Banana, or, uh, orange peels. Orange yeah. peels. Okay. So I want you to inform me on the leave no trace part. I know leave no trace is like leave it exactly as you found it. So obviously that violates it. But I was a little bit surprised and maybe I'm uninformed on the whole biodegradable or if that's like cross-contamination because those aren't supposed to be there. Would you mind uh, sharing with me? Sure, absolutely. Uh, According to Leave No Trace, unless that food product, those peels are indigenous to the area. Mm -hmm. And when I told it goes as far as if it's an apple, there has to be an apple tree within 50 feet if you throw the apple core in the ground. Now, we're in upstate New York. There's no orange trees. Uh, so, you know, it's, you know, that's one part of it, you know, and, and orange peels, I mean, you know, orange takes forever to, 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 uh, to degrade, to, to compost, right. It yeah. takes forever to compost. So they just sit there for a long time. And then the other part of that is you're, you're introducing the animals in that area to, in that region, human food, oranges in this part of the country, it, it would be considered human food because we don't have them growing here. It's not like blueberries or apples or or, or some of the nuts that grow in this area. So yeah, we're, you're supposed to orange peels and you know, Jeremiah, I, I'd done the same thing for years. this is something that I'd only found out about maybe five or six years ago. Somebody brought it to my attention because I just felt it's biodegradable, you know, toss it out. It'll decompose. Uh, but no, that's, if it's not indigenous to that area and there's no plants or trees that grow it in that area, you're supposed to pack it out. Sure. Well, I appreciate you answering that. I know that leave no trace can be like a kind of a hot topic, hot button issue, but I was curious Mm -hmm. after watching that. And that was one thing I remember from one of your videos. So thank you. Yeah. You know, and I kind of made a bigger deal than it should have been. Um, I guess I needed content. (laughs) uh, Don't hide from your convictions, man. Don't hide from your convictions. You were speaking from the heart. You were speaking from the heart, man. It is something that I preach with my kids. It was something I've always felt very strongly about. And once it was brought to my attention, I did adhere to it. And, uh, you know, yeah, I mean, a lot of times we just need to be made aware of some things. You know, we don't go out there and break these rules on purpose. We just need to have it brought to our attention. Yeah, there are a lot of people that are just getting into backpacking and they just don't know. Like when I take newbies out backpacking, every time I'm having to stop and go, hey, whoa, whoa, don't do that. Don't do that. It may be any number of things, but like peeing beside a, a running water, you know, <laughs> don't do that, man. <laughs> don't do that. Um, but just just the little things that it, unless you're out there and you know about it, you're not educated. And you just don't know. Does that make them evil people? No, it just means they don't know. And uh, yeah, as long as we can understand that going into it, it's amazing how much more we can all get along and, and teach people how to properly treat the outdoors. So yeah. this is the end, like we're, we are nearing the end here, I should say. And what we like to do is give you the opportunity to share with everybody how they can find you online. So if you don't mind just kind of sharing with everybody where they can find you on the net and uh, how to just learn more about you and get into your content. Sure. Thanks, Mike. The best way to get a, get to find me would just be to go to my website, papabearhikes.com. I made the mistake when I started this going with my trail name that my middle son had given me years ago, but there's a lot of papa bears out there, it turns out. So all my social media, the links are directly there. So you can just click on the link for, I'm on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and the YouTube channel. 
is Martin outside as, as Jeremiah pointed out, I'm, I'm just getting into that now, but I'm looking to expand it and maybe have some of my interviews on there. Um, but yeah, that's the best way to do it on my website. You can listen to past interviews. There's a link there for, um, for, for the book. Yeah, that's, that's the best way to get me. Excellent. Excellent. Well, we, we definitely appreciate you being on, man. This has been a lot of fun. Uh, just learning from your experiences and the things that you've, you've seen and, and that you've experienced. Uh, thank you for being on, man. Really appreciate you hey, being it's here. Been a, it's been a pleasure, guys. Absolutely. And I well, want to have you guys on my podcast. I want to have you guys on soon. Yeah. I will have to, man. We'll, we'll have, have to. to. Yeah. We'll have to tell our audience whenever uh, we go on there so they can check out that episode. Because on this ship, we are at the helm. But if we're yes. on somebody else's podcast, that means they do all the work. We answer the questions. But I know it'll be a great conversation and we'll have a lot of fun. Oh, yeah. Hey, the two like you guys, a... you know, my style, I'll just be lobbing the bombs out to you guys and let you guys. <laughs> I'll get you guys fighting with each other. Maybe. So we're playing softball is what you're saying. We're playing softball. <laughs> guys went easy on me. <laughs> <laughs> well, people are loving the night. Roof Outdoors, uh, awesome guest tonight. Fun show. Uh, Keel Quest, new friends of Papa Bear Hikes. Uh, thank you for being on, man. If you'll hang out in the green room for Thanks. a little bit, just, we'll get with you in just a second. Absolutely. Awesome. Okay. That was great, man. That man, was great. I had a lot of fun. I learned some stuff. It's always fun also reminiscing on the uh, the long trail, you know, meeting another end-to-ender and thinking about and reliving some of those memories. I, I don't have that uh, that patch or the certificate saying I did it, but I'm really thinking that my first tattoo will be an outline of the state of Vermont with the, oh. the long trail going through it. That that could look real good right here at the top of the back. You know, I've been I've been I've got one already drawn up of the Shell Toy Trace. And I just haven't done it. I haven't I haven't pulled the trigger on it yet. And maybe this year I pulled the trigger on that tattoo. I haven't pulled the trigger because I haven't wanted to pay for it. That's part of my problem too. <laughs> 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 but uh Man, big thank you to our sponsor tonight, uh, Gossamer Gear, for for hooking us up with some really sweet gear and partnering with us. Uh, Big thank you to everybody who tuned in tonight. As always, we have the best audience in the world, and uh, you guys make this a thousand times more fun for us. So thank you guys for for tuning (laughs) in. Tanya Browning, you you both can go and – together and stream it maybe that's what we'll use our uh, podcast money for we'll, we'll go get tattoos hey there you go i don't know if you might watch that but that's okay i guess i we'll, wouldn't i wouldn't watch uh, it me either <laughs> hear me went for like a little sissy but i guess um i guess we'll see everybody next monday with uh tuning in to watch uh, us and elevated oats i know that's going to be a really interesting one uh they reached out to us and uh, they've got a really interesting story Uh, So if you're curious, next week we're going to be talking with the folks from Elevated Oats. Uh, Get online and check them out. And with that said, Jeremiah, we'll catch everybody on the next one. Adios, folks.